0: Thank you for tuning in. We have an amazing episode for you today. I have Nate Hamilton here with you. Got to chat with him at Clutch Kickers last week. Convinced him to join in for a very informative podcast for you guys. If you do enjoy what he has to say, please check out his YouTube at 144 or his website and merge at 144racing.com. With that being said, let's get to it. How's your week been after spending the time in Florida and all that hot mess? (laughs)
1: it's uh it's been pretty busy man we've been going uh super quick blending the print shop and drifting of course right so we are currently uh sorting out a little bit of a motor issue and um more or less just fuel or spark so plugs and injectors being swapped out here but yeah it's uh it's going good man it's been a busy week how about you
0: uh been trying just to recover from uh like the dehydrating weather that (laughs) Florida provides of just getting sunburned
1: and no joke. Oh man. No joke. It was hot down there. (laughs) We rolled it. Well, we get to the track at like eight, nine AM and we're there till eight, nine PM, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, definitely some exhausting days out there. Yes. Yes. They, they can take it out of you for sure oh so speaking of the print shop is that what you do like your your full-time
1: gig or yeah yeah for sure um yeah that's uh that's the uh full-time gig sorry uh we're, we're driving on the road right here but anyway so yes uh print shop right so little bit of background on that. I was screen printing when I was younger. Um, and just basically that turned into a trade that I had. And, uh, when I needed to kind of create or find a job, I figured I would create one instead of going to find one. It's always nice to be your own manager for sure. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Plus and minuses, but yes, for sure. It's, it's nice to, uh, it's uh, for me, it's really nice to just create stuff for people. Um, you know what I mean? It just feels good. And like we were talking about uh at the track like seeing people wear gear that i've created is is super humbling yeah it,
0: it was pretty awesome because I, I, like i didn't know that i would see you there even so me wearing mm-hmm. jake, the jake elliott shirt that you you guys did uh that, that was that worked out pretty well yeah that was cool man exactly
1: Um, but yeah, so just creating a bunch of stuff for local people and for drivers and then, uh, get to hustle and then go out and go drifting. So that is trying to make it happen. Yeah, for sure.
0: Now, what all apparel do you do the print stuff for? Is it
1: just shirts or? Yeah, so we started with t-shirts, and then, you know, with Opportunity, we basically ran into, like, heat press and vinyl with, like, uh, jerseys, if you will, and then um, that kind of turned into embroidery as well, so, yeah, we've got a little bit of of everything,
0: so it's fun, yeah. Are you able to do, like, uh, uh, wraps for helmets or anything?
1: No, we haven't gotten there yet. I know, I know. There's a... so I'm working or I have a partnership with fortune wraps. They're okay. a local, you know, Dallas shop. So I'm trying to swing them all into the one four four camp. Uh, just because if you imagine basically like as an athlete drifting, right, we have, you know, embroidery, creating team gear, your, uh, photos that turn into like hero cards, yeah. just everything, everything that I've kind of had to do as an athlete every year for racing. I just figured, man, It'd be really cool to open those lanes up to offer at 144 kind of with my background of just doing it for so many years so Hell for yeah. example for example like car wraps is one of them that i'm trying to swing into that too because you know every year we need a new wrap and then break a bumper fix the bumper you know the drill
0: yeah <laughs> So, yeah, it just seems like it'd be perfect to have that whole one stop shop of, hey, have a magic yes. helmet, car, car like business cards, shirts, yep. everything. Just be like, hey, you're on my team. We get you set up. Exactly. And yeah, that, that sounds like the perfect it's idea. Your
1: posters, boom. Boom.
0: Um, I mean, and hell, that really works out for a lot of different. Uh, racing other than just drifting for motocross for drag racing for whatever you could really exactly
1: exactly yep so it is cool it's cool
0: absolutely um yeah that's really sweet
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's a work in progress right like it isn't uh it isn't all like super um i don't know how you word that but like we still kind of uh how do i word this like we have an illustrator you know okay. what i mean so there's there's kind of some time and process behind what we're up to it's not like super automated at this moment sure sure sure. so you kind of get that customer service uh hometown yeah. small grassroots vibe i want to um, say it's like
0: it's almost like a mom and pop shop but not quite actually a mom and pop shop <laughs>
1: 100 100 percent. like i was talking to scott at grip royal and i was like yeah man you know screening your shirts and this and that and he's like well you don't actually screen the shirts and i was like Ice cream from shirts, man. Like, yes, for sure. <laughs> so, I think there's a little uh, mirage there of people not thinking I'm actually fucking hustling in the shop, you know? Oh,
0: so. I, I'm sure most people think that you're essentially, was it drop shipping type of thing?
1: <laughs> right. Like, I'm ordering on eBay your stuff and I'm shipping it to you. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, um, no, we, uh, we got the distributors that send us the shirts and then we uh, do our creative process and send them to you. So, we're really awesome. doing it.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if you're able to do some, uh, reflective vests, I, I might have to get you to do something for my logo. If I exactly. get a good logo going on.
1: Exactly. For me, that would be a uh, vinyl on a plotter that turns into weeding that turns into applying on the heat press. Uh, so yes, we can do that.
0: That is rad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm definitely going to be staying in touch with you. It sounds like. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, now switch gears a little bit no pun intended uh to get back over okay. to drifting um yes. w-
1: w- what was your last fd season um my last fd season was
0: 2017 okay right uh yeah uh, that's what i was I, I couldn't remember for sure um so what's kept you away from fd for the past two or three years <laughs> My own self. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
1: So, was it? 20, so, yeah. Okay. Go ahead.
0: Sorry. I was going to say, because I was thinking 2018, I want to say was the James, Dean, and Peter starting season. So, whenever things got amped up like crazy, um, and I wasn't sure if it had anything to do with just like it seemed like the challenge level jumped up a couple degrees in 2018. So, I wasn't sure if that had anything to do with it or not.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. That was uh, not a factor at all. I think for formula drift in my career, like, you know, multiple years of kind of falling on your face and learning is something that I was kind of used to. So (laughs) I think, uh, I think, you know, as better and better talent signs up, that's just more and more drive. Right. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. So for me, um, I'll give a little context on this, but it's just basically the idea of like, I was in a pattern that I wasn't exactly happy with. And it really had nothing to do with the team or anything like that. It was just more or less like my own mindset and my own ability to know that I could win. Okay. I think I was uh, kind of losing a little bit of steam there. And I honestly didn't know what to do. So I felt that if I changed my life, I would get a different result. And it was definitely a, a very like deep thought, if you will. But I realized that I've been doing kind of the the formula drift and just grassroots to pro Avenue for, you know, the past at that moment, like six or seven years. And I just thought taking a year off could give me a fresh perspective. And that's that's what I did. Right. So I was just like, I don't really have any plan. I was leaving in Juku at the time and I was going to go find a job or create a job. And that's when really I had an opportunity to buy back some old t-shirt printing equipment that I knew I knew how to operate. Um, So that's where that all started. And and the actual entity is rhythm print supply. Um, So, so yeah, I just started a small business and I felt that if I could learn business myself, I would be able to better my sponsorship stuff with my actual sponsors. And uh, I would be able to gain kind of my momentum back as a driver and so I know it was a super long road, right? Like oh, a super, yeah. super long, uh, game plan there, like long way around town, if you will. But I just, at the time, I didn't know enough about what I was giving to my sponsors and how to get, you know, a little more income to pay for the racing. Because, you know, if you lose and lose and lose and lose money, sometimes you just have to figure it out. You know what I mean?
0: It's It definitely sounds like you're taking the right approach of if things aren't going right, sometimes it's easier to take a step back than trying to jump forward and exactly like falling flat on your face and and where instead you can be like, okay, what's going wrong here and what's going right. So I can try and do a lot more of what's going right and less of what's going wrong. Exactly. And I
1: felt like I was at a time and place where I had asked so much from my sponsors And I wasn't getting the racing results that I felt like I deserved and wanted, which was all my own fault. So I wanted to not ask for my sponsors for, for a certain amount of time. You know what I mean? Like I I wanted to be like, Hey guys, y'all given me so much, give me a little moment to get my head right and let me get back on my feet. And then we'll, if you guys believe in me, then we'll take back up our sponsorships and we'll move forward. So everyone was super rad. Like everyone was super cool about it. And, um, Actually, have more support now than I've ever had. So that's right. Uh, cur- currently, the plan is working. You know
0: what I mean? <laughs> um, I, so I think you
1: did LS Fest West last year, right? I did. That was my first event coming out of the print shop, back into the car, like literally off the couch, right into my first competition. Okay. And I was, I was in shock at how, uh, you know, much a the drivers were progressing, and b like the competition was no joke.
0: Yeah, that, that was a that was my first event. Actually, going out west to see a drift event. Um, that's, that's people are on it, man. Dude, I mean, it was a fun event. Like, there was a lot bigger of a show out than I thought would be there. Um, that's and
1: a, a lot of drivers coming. Man. Yeah, they're coming out west. Like a lot of heavy hitters. Like that was. I was like real. like I was like, damn, okay. yeah so I think I qualified in the top five, I want to say, maybe four because I remember thinking I like that number four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, walking my way up, we finished second. so um, for me that was a nice shock to car setup and speed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was some pro two heavy hitters out there running it so it's fun
0: it it was definitely a cool event um now whenever you go from like the level of competing at fd and having sponsorship then to getting off the couch and going competing like a comp like that did you still have sponsor support going into that or is that like how does that work
1: yeah so i basically in 2019 that was that year right um yeah it was it was 19 right am i right Jeff? you're right Yeah, beginning of 19. So for me, um, I I paid every piece of that. So I, I was able to get a bit of a game plan on how I was going to go to a race and create media that then I would deliver to my sponsors. But in the kind of thank you route, I wanted to just come out of my pocket and start getting back into drifting with no real obligations, sure. but then I was able, I was able to then deliver to those sponsors and say, Hey, what up? I'm getting back into this. Thank you for all the support. Um, you know, and this season's pretty much like on me and I'm just going to go as far as I can rolling with the print shop and my Man. own type of income. So yeah, I was, it, concept there was, yeah, yeah. Just like give more than you take. I didn't want to, I didn't want to say, Hey, I'm going to go back drifting, support me. I wanted to show you that I'm back drifting. And then if you wanted to support me, then that's really cool.
0: Basically build up that past relationship without any sort of obligation.
1: Exactly. Like a big, big thank you. You know, absolutely.
0: that's <laughs> super cool, man.
1: Yeah. So that was the plan. And then honestly, that's when everything started to turn on. Like, uh, I got a beautiful phone call from Golan engines that said, Hey, Nate, we know you need support. So we've, we got your back. Um, so then I realized I had motor support and then, um, fuel support and then tire support and suspension support. So yeah, man, like I literally have more support than I've had in FD and, uh, I think it does come down to our team working together to provide media and then me being able to, I don't know, I guess just be me and have fun and shake hands with the fans and try to win races, you know? Hell Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that
0: i mean it sounds it sounds perfect uh yeah because you're getting back to trying to build up your fan base to build up relation build up business relationships it seems like you're trying to tackle it at every angle of doing it the right way and that's
1: and that did have to like i do have to kind of uh shout out, just like owning a small business. You know, I had to realize that when a sponsor is giving me, you know, either even just product support or even an income, right. It's like, they still need something from that. And for me to be able to kind of actually explain that from the beginning is, uh, where I think kind of things really make sense. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, I understand you're going to give me, let's say $5,000 in a product support, But how do I earn that money? Right. Like, it's not just thank you for these rims and let me just do whatever I want. It's like, what do I give you in return? And uh, that's kind of what at the track. I'm able to just be transparent with the other drivers as well now, because, you know, we're doing our own thing. So I'm not I don't feel as if I'm in as much competition as I used to feel. So it's cool to be able to help younger drivers understand what I've already felt fallen on my face and learned, you know.
0: I mean, hell, it sounds like you can essentially help out a program driver with a business plan, even at this point, as you're helping yes. them out with everything else.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and if uh, exactly, and if like Tyler Barry's ever listening, he will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I got a few. I got a few drivers um, that I guess you could say we jump on phone calls and uh, do a little mentorship. You know, that's rad. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's
0: I'm, cool, it's cool. T- Tyler's definitely a good guy. He lives out in uh, East Tennessee and competes in the Pro-Am, and I've had him on here, too. Yeah,
1: uh, definitely. I've seen his list on the Spotify, you know? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> or his name on the yeah, list, yeah. yes.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, because I think I got to post up the Spotify one with uh, Schulte last week or the week before or whatever.
1: Nice, uh,
0: nice. Schulte was bless blast he's such a nice dude
1: yes um, he is
0: <laughs> and then uh i need to still get jake on here he's been uh, i've been trying to work with him on
1: getting his media game up <laughs> um, awesome and and it, uh is it like um correct me if i'm wrong but you're also helping out taylor hall with some media yeah is that what i kind of noticed right yeah um
0: yeah i'm i'm supposed well it's changed three times now, but depending on how the FD season was going to go, I was trying to hit, uh, hit up four events to do media for Taylor hole, uh, Jonathan Hurst, and human Rahimi. I was going to be doing media for as well.
1: Nice. Nice.
0: Um, but now it sounds like at best I'm going to hit St. Louis, um, Instead of hitting four events, I hit one.
1: <laughs> right, but, but I guess I mean, you get two year. out of that, right? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> two.
0: It's two rounds, uh, and thankfully, pro one or both pro one and pro two will be there. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So it's it's not a complete loss or anything, but uh, it um with you know with how much multiple sports are suffering due to uh health concerns. <laughs> uh they could always be worse
1: (laughs) very true man this year is definitely a crazy year I think it's uh a bit of an unknown for everybody and then we're all just trying to I guess what like be ready for opportunity when it shows up because this year you kind of just don't know when you're on or off right absolutely yeah that's my biggest goal is like just be ready at all times because I don't know I mean, even the clutch kickers round three, honestly, it's like, that wasn't on my schedule. That wasn't on my books, but we just realized certain things are going to be canceled. So we could jump in and start being active. And yeah. so, boom, got to be ready. You know, now, where are you based out of? I'm in Denton, Texas. So just north of Dallas, it's, uh, okay. I- I've actually had kind of
0: a few people from Denton. oddly yeah,
1: enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool little college town. We got a little hole in the walls everywhere that are fun to go to. And it's, uh for us at the print shop, right. It's a creative area, which, uh, if anyone lives in Dallas, Texas, it kind of can be like suburb, big city. And there's not a lot of, not a lot of creative corners, but, um, but yeah, for us, it's like a mini Austin, right? (laughs) That's (laughs) right. Um, now
0: do you do anything with like Lone Star Drift out there or have you considered doing anything with Drift Week?
1: um, that's kind of interesting, right? Um, we did go to Aaron's first event at MSR in Houston. Um, so that was a blast. There was a, you know, a really, uh, how do I word it? A really long, I want to say like a variety of drivers. <laughs> I wanted to say a large, large group of people, but yeah. it was a, it was a nice turnout and it was fun to get down there and, uh, to get with Aaron and hang out. So thank He had me out, which was fun. So thank you, Aaron. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not as active in the, in the actual, like, Texas scene is I think people would think, but okay. you know, you gotta kind of imagine when I was younger, I grew up doing Lone Star Drift events solely. Yeah. And then from there I realized if I could travel and drive with different styles of people, I would learn a little bit, you know, more or quicker. Yeah. And so that's that's really where I started traveling. So I, I you know, would go to club loose stuff and uh, I went out West and just kind of got out of Texas more than I stayed in it. Um, and I think I just kind of kept that as my values. So I bounce to uh, Lone Star Drift when I can. And then from there, I'm honestly, you know, grid life, clutch kickers, just moving around more than I stay home. So, because I mean, shout out to Aaron, I could literally drift every month in Texas and not go anywhere. Um, but, you know, obviously for media and sponsorship stuff, it, it makes sense to travel more.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it'll get a, it'll, especially for drifting at the level that your talent and, and yeah. uh, everything that you have in talent and car is there for, it would be, very, it would get very stale.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I do think, you know, on the other side of the coin, I do think that I should get more involved. Uh, given the Aaron approves and because maybe, sure. you know, even, even if I can go out and bounce around to the drivers, kind of like what I did with, uh, East 10, yeah, I was able to literally go there and just like talk to the drivers as they were getting ready for, you know, qualifying and just shout them out on their line and, and what I would see they could do better. And, you know, some guys really enjoyed that. And some guys obviously would rather not hear Nate Hamilton barking in their <laughs> ear, but <laughs> For those who want that, then I, I enjoy that, right? Like, it's yeah. cool. I, I, I like the idea of, like, I've learned a lot of shit through heartache, and if I could share it with you, then why not? Because you were
0: out at the final round of East 10 Pro-Am last year, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I remember being there. And one of the coolest things I remember about that was for one, you getting to talk to him, and two, I can't remember if it was hall tech or link was out there. I want to say it was hall tech. Yep. And, During one of the driver, I think it was during the post driver's meeting or the pre driver, like the pre driver's meeting, they talked about how they need to represent themselves as a business. And it was so good seeing people like that out there because, you know, this isn't just you're in high school. This is something to mess around with. Like you can turn this into a real opportunity. Yeah, and seeing guys like yourselves and Haltech out there, like it's like I, I want to say it's one of the biggest things you can do to help build someone up to take this seriously.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, I got a little analogy for myself here, which is, um, you know, there was a time in a place where I had a hundred dollar skateboard. And there was a time in a place where I had a $100,000 drift car. And, <laughs> e- <laughs> and equally so, I was happy, like as a man living yeah. in life. You know what I mean? So I think for me taking a year off of drifting and literally like sweat equity, screen printing, for drivers wishing I would be out at these events, I thought a lot about it. And so something I tell young drivers is like, you know, whether let's say like with my parents helping me kind of, get going in in racing, um, or, or a big sponsorship opportunity, like whatever, however you're going drifting to just spend tires and go drifting. You gotta be super grateful, man. Like even in the pro class, there's less than 50 of us in America, right? Like how, how tight knit and small is that community? So we gotta be grateful and we've got to kind of use every inch of our programs to treat it like a business and treat it, you know, for, you know, your people to get their return on their investments, because just like with me, I've had a lot of opportunities that have come and gone. And when they're there, you're on cloud nine. And when they're gone, you're, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> started, starting at the bottom, trying to rebuild it. And I, I like to always imagine that every day is a new day. And You know, there is a great amount of sponsorship around the corner, even in 2020, going into 21. Like, dude, there's there's people out there looking to get into motorsports as, you know, a marketing standpoint. And we can't we can't look like down. Right. We got to look up.
0: Definitely. And I mean, drifting is a sport that I, I, I can see how people just get kind of consumed in for the driving of not thinking of. The business opportunity of it because hell you're sending a car sideways yeah <laughs> it's hard not to smile it's hard not to have fun uh and for i know a lot of people came from different sorts of backgrounds into it to see it as the competitive light but i mean right. it's when you're sending a car 50 miles 50 plus miles an hour and you're a foot away from someone while going sideways and just trying to edge closer and closer to someone's door. um, It's definitely competition and it's definitely something that you can get caught away in the, or caught in the moment for.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like that's, that's its own, uh, that's its own mindset and that's its own talent. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think drifting athletes are very underrated right now. I think that, you know, for one, let's just go down the list of like kind of what a drifting athlete does and we can go from grassroots to pro, but most of them are mechanics, truck drivers, uh, some sort of line of business or, you know, how they can manage their schedules and sponsorship stuff. So we're, we're wearing a lot of hats, right? And then now you add in the actual driver, you know, the athlete, and then, um, it's just, or let's add, you know, you need to be on camera, right? You need to be a personality. So there's so many, there's so many things we do to go drifting that I try to like big up every driver, man. Like, I think that is something that is underrated at the exact moment that we're in, kind of in the span of drifting. But, you know, at the same time, um, I kind of wanted to explain, like, imagine my story, which is like, When I was young, my first sponsor came up to me and said, hello, like, do you want to run these Inke wheels? (laughs) And then I, (laughs) right. And then I got looped into XDC, um, kind of accidentally from a fabricator who kind of forced me to go to competition. And then from there I met Chris Forsberg, Jared DeAnda, Matt Petty. So like, I had a shit ton of opportunity come my way before I even knew what the hell I was doing. And so that's kind of the lesson that I want to teach and preach is just like, kind of try to make sure that you stay aware of everything that's coming to you because, you know, you can, you can really get somewhere in drifting. And I, I believe that you can make it a career for sure.
0: Very cool. Um, now just to chat on the past a little bit, what was your first drift car?
1: Uh, (laughs) I guess, I guess my first, first drift car, was an FDRX7, so okay. I know that's a bit, it's a bit bougie, but I basically uh, I had a, a friend of mine who had a 240, and uh, he was into cars, and I had an opportunity to trade in a Jetta for a for an FDRX7 at the time, so I did. That's a and hell of a trade. <laughs> it really, it really was. I mean, it was like, it was, <laughs> it was an expensive trade, but I needed something rear wheel drive, and it was available. So, I thought that would be a great move. Yeah. Um, so, after a, a fender of uh, replacing a fender or two, I realized this is not a good move.
0: <laughs> yeah. These are not exactly the cheapest thing to
1: No. Prepared. No, not at all. So, I'm street drifting in FD, and I realized <laughs> this is not going to be <laughs> like a very long term deal. So, um, from there, I just was working a, a full time job, of course, and I just bought myself a 240. Um, and then I started funneling all my money into that. So basically, I would say, you know, super active NS13. That was my first okay. first car. Yeah. Well,
0: so going from the Jetta to the FD, like what... Got you into drifting? Like, was there any sort of uh, auto stuff you were doing before that? I, I almost want to guess it was a stance boy thing if you went from a Volkswagen Jetta to a S. B. But I'm, I'm hoping not. Yes, you you
1: are absolutely incorrect. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, no. So, i'll like, the synopsis is: I'm just a skateboarder from the suburb, and okay. basically, I uh, my best man at my wedding, who's obviously like. Uh, My best friend or one of my best friends is uh, named Joseph Bell, and he was super into anime, super into Japan culture. And he started getting into just watching drifting and and introducing my whole team and crew at the time about drifting. So we were just skateboarders and uh, we had a little gravel patch outside of the skate park. And he actually had a coupe, an S-13 coupe, that he would just pull his e-brake and do little 180s. Um, and I had a Jetta at the time, just randomly, you know, just had a Jetta. So, um, so yeah, he was just like, this is cool. And so from there, our whole, our whole skate crew started learning about drifting. And when it would rain, we would just go to industrial parks and just spin out, had no clue what we were doing. Um, so yeah, my, no motorsports background with my dad or, or my parents or family, right. Just, uh, total fluke, total fluke. Like my my real home hometown friends are like, what the hell is Nate doing drifting? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it.
0: I mean, the it, the two things that I've noticed with drifting is like the two two of the biggest backgrounds are either uh, skateboarding or motocross, like skateboarding or dirt bikes. Leads yeah. so many people to drifting. I don't know if it's that. Yeah. I think it's the extreme sport mentality. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, well, yeah, you gotta you gotta realize like. I'm going to jump down this tense there, could roll my ankle, could break my ankle, could whatever. Yeah. And then that directly relates to I'm going to drive 90 mile an hour into <laughs> the first turn in Seattle with Chris Forsberg, and I can either slam into this wall or not. And there's definitely a mental game there you got to have, right?
0: Without a doubt.
1: <laughs> it's so fun, though. <laughs> oh, man. And, and I think I've done both, right? Slammed into the <laughs> wall. <laughs>
0: roll the ankle so oh um i need to talk you i I, I swear like every person i have on the podcast i try and talk into going to national super speedway at some point yeah um i don't know if you've ever been there at all i don't think i have super fun track i'm there i we're hoping to have one or two events there i still i think still this year Um
1: nice but what's
0: uh yeah what's so good about it or what's special about it it has a sweeper that cars enter anywhere from like 90 to 120
1: damn um so that's with consequence like with a wall on a bank or something
0: uh no no wall okay uh, it has an inside wall but there's tires before you hit the actual wall uh but no nice. outside basically it's essentially flat and then if you missed it hard you're going on to a bank Gotcha, gotcha. That sounds fun. Um, I've seen holes been out there, I know, and a lot of the East Ten guys drive it, and people that are wanting to get into pro am. Uh, so just thinking of it at that level, I'm like, there's a, there's the possibility that you could recruit some people onto getting into like what you talked about, talked about on uh, trying to get drivers to. Look into the sport professionally and everything else because, like, I know Jake Elliott drives out there, human drives out there, which he's pro too. But, uh, yep, yep. I, I mean, there's just a ton of East 10 guys and then other people that will kind of come around whenever those events happen just because super fun sweeper and just a good course in general.
1: Um, how is the uh, so to that point, we definitely should try to host a little collab event that'd be rad. But the follow up question is, how is that track? Operating uh, as much during all this crazy times of COVID and things, like, can you actually drift out there as of recent, or is it? So the on pop
0: that track is kind of a hot mess. Um, <laughs> like at most, they would only have two to three events out there a year. Got it. Um, they used to be. They they had tried to build the track to do NASCAR truck, but they didn't have enough <laughs> seating or something like that, so they ended up getting turned down. Hmm. So the track like has essentially been like, if you look at their website, they've been shut down since like 2012, but they still have a couple of events a year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Most of the year, Nissan parks their new cars out there ready to be shipping out across the country.
1: I see. I see. So they're kind of using this space as some storage or something for Nissan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's basically storage for Nissan. Then once a quarter, Nissan clears out. And then they try and have an event there at that same time once a quarter.
1: Well, hey, maybe that means it's an affordable track day, you know?
0: I think it's normally 100 to 150 for a drive day.
1: Okay. It's not terrible.
0: Um, Seems
1: about average, you know? Yeah. I I feel
0: like that's about normal for the size of track it is because it's not like a parking lot track where you're looking at spending 50 bucks or whatever. Right, right. Um, But it's a super cool track that. there's a lot of good drivers and um a lot of like i think it almost feels like a proving ground because i've seen so many drivers that have gone there and usually drivers that look good out there can can, mm-hmm. can compete at the pro-am or higher level right um, right like nick novak was would always tear up that track and he won east 10s am i think twice dude that dude's a ripper
1: man i met him out at clutch kickers uh yeah, I guess sometime last year or something, but yeah, that dude's on it. A lot of talent.
0: Um, so
1: I, I well, love, Jeff, yeah, set it up, dude, set <laughs> it up, and make it happen. Yep, I'll, I'll
0: definitely have to let you know on what happens out there. Um, to try and get you to come out. Yeah, that'd be uh, sweet. Do you have any other big events that you're hoping to hit this year?
1: Yeah, we do. Um, one of the newer ones for us would be. Uh, Hyperfest, right? Like I didn't run that last year on our endless search for tires tour. That was kind of my intro back into drifting. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gridlife Life is kind of the other like highlighted stuff I'm I'm doing. So Gridlife's Life's Hyperfest, the Holly LS Fest stuff, if it ever happens. Indy um, Drifts uh, 10K event, you know, North Dakota. Uh, I haven't
0: heard about that one actually.
1: No yeah that was one i i actually was able to win last year so oh nice that was yeah it was super fun and uh i got a a big wrestling belt (laughs) you know what i mean like uh like for the prize so i gotta bring that thing back and make sure i keep it you know
0: hell yeah (laughs) i I would love seeing you go to the driver's meeting just wearing like this you know what i'm saying belt type of thing
1: yes I got to get my, my wife to carry it next to me. Like the ring girls do, right? Like <laughs> I just walk up, she's carrying it behind me, but anyways, <laughs> um, but the schedule actually has just been very difficult because like, you know, shit's yeah. like on and off and on and off. So man, yeah. we are, uh, we're, we're trying to promote the endless search for tires, you know, like uh, version or whatever we call it, like episode two, like mm. round two. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's just been a toss-up, so we're just doing what we can.
0: Have you been doing very much of a social media – like, very much social media stuff with your um, drifting in the last two years of getting back into it?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, um, our YouTube is um, a diamond in the rough, I guess you could say. I think that we have, like, close to 1,900 followers, which – um, I'm looking to continue to build oh, yeah. right as the subscriber count goes up, but in, in real life, my whole career is almost on there. So we yeah. have, we have like, uh, my, my buddy, Corey Denemy, who started filming me out of a film class in California. There's a kind of a story there. That's kind of interesting. And then he ended up filming my whole career. So we've put it out on YouTube and, uh, we've been just telling, you know, a comeback story ever since I got from, uh the print shop back into racing so yeah just uh youtube 144 and there's a lot of social media on there quality stuff blog stuff um but yeah it's pretty underrated i'd say we don't have too many people checking it out right now
0: i will definitely be adding you guys a follow um for what it's worth that sounds super interesting i love uh like seeing like a full story play out kind of uh, like whether it's in real time or have already yeah. been like record like <laughs> i'm a huge documentary well, guy for one so oh dang cool yo yourself. jeff this
1: is it's gonna be right up your alley dude endless search for tires episode one start there okay. you'll watch me you'll watch me come out of the print shop um move and then move again to where we're at currently so yeah, check it out, man. We've, I think we're on episode 25, going on 26 now, so... Nice. Yeah, man, it's it's like... And these episodes, you know, they're like 12 to 15 minutes each, so grab some popcorn, you'll you'll have a day's <laughs> worth of content.
0: <laughs> Sounds perfect.
1: Yeah, it's cool. But that's something that, you know, is important to know as well, right? Like creating content and creating media is a really big return for the sponsors, and um, I'm doing absolutely everything I can to keep growing our media department because it's super important to keep people in the loop. Well, if you need
0: me to move out to
1: Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, a lot of people are moving to Texas, right? It seems like we're kind of positioned in a good spot. I know some large corporations are moving out here and some friends that I have in California have moved out here. So I think uh, the, the Texas draw is happening.
0: It seems like the three biggest areas that I hear from, especially for people in drifting are Arizona, Texas and Tennessee or yeah. Tennessee or Georgia. One of the two, like a lot of people yeah. go to Georgia because you have road Atlanta right there. And plus all the other events. And then Tennessee just has like, I can hit probably 20 different events within five hours, like within
1: four or five hours. Yeah, dude, it's insane. Definitely. Like, <laughs> Texas, I mean, yeah, and we have Lone Star, you know, which yeah. is pretty big, and a few yeah, and others. Kelsey like Club- is
0: a cool, cool dude.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Club Loose is down south. Um, but, yeah, like, as far as the entities, there's only a few in Texas, but they, they hold down quite a bit of track days. But Atlanta, shit, man, that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the mecca, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so, it's so disappointing there's not going to be an fd atlanta this year
1: my my predictions are all eight rounds of formula drift hosted at texas motor speedway <laughs> because texas is pretty turned on right now and who knows about washington and you know what i mean like yeah i'm i'm praying the best for formula drift to have a, a great season so it's now, just interesting to watch it all develop you know now with you not Competing
0: since 2017. If you were to want to get back into pro one, are you able to just jump right back in, or have you considered uh, going back to FD?
1: Yes, yes, I definitely have considered going back to FD. And uh, between me and you and whoever's listening to this podcast, our five my, listeners. There we go. Yeah, yeah, we got five total people. Um, I am honestly, you know, mentally preparing for a comeback story. I think that you know, taking a break from FD and then that running into a few years off FD, I think will make for just a really relatable approach to I'm a skateboarder. You're, you're a kid coming out of the suburbs. Like if I can do it, you can do it. And, you know, working hard every day, will get you there. And then, you know, basically, um, so to answer your question, let me just go to the question here. <laughs> <laughs> my, my talks with Formula Drift are, um, hey, Nate, you are qualified to uh, petition for Pro 2. Like I, um, from my notes, they won't send me into like a pro-am, yeah. but I will petition for a Pro 2 um, in which the goal is to get accepted. And then from there, I would love to start at the bottom. I actually okay. can't. I can petition for pro 1 and maybe get accepted, but I don't want to. I want to I want to go back to pro 2. I want to win a championship in pro 2 and then I want to either hopefully build enough um, you know, uh, what's tall. the word? Yeah, momentum and 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 support with the sponsors that sure. they want to see me in pro 1. And if I can't financially vouch for pro 1, then I just stay in pro 2 and I win two back-to-back pro 2 championships. Like I'll just stay in pro 2. Until enough people see value that I can grow and and rightfully so be in pro one. Because the pro one status is something that is very creditable. And of course, every drifter's dream. But if you're losing money doing it, then it's not going to last long. Right? Without a doubt. So I, I just kind of been there and I lost money doing it. And I realized I need to create that business approach to where... I can make money doing it, feed my family. That way I can focus on fully winning a championship instead of struggling to pay bills.
0: So what I'm hearing is you want to have a badass underdog story.
1: Damn right. Exactly. <laughs> that is literally the answer. I want an underdog story. I want the nickname Jared DeAnda, if you're listening, is going to be the comeback kid. You know what I mean? Like that, that's my goal. Just tell the truth, be transparent, and just allow my media team to show everybody the uh, the struggles and the hardships and then the awesome times of coming back.
0: Next up on the grid is the comeback kid Nate Hamilton.
1: Doesn't that sound good? A little better than Little Tex, right? <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, man, that's the, that's the plan, you know. I think I and that's you know, I guess to say no disrespect to Formula Drift, I didn't, I didn't really want to leave it, you know. Sure. I never wanted to take a break. It was just I personally needed to figure out my shit right so yeah. it's like I took myself out the game and that hurt I mean it hurt a lot and I spent a full year without touching a steering wheel or a gas pedal and mind you my car is sitting underneath my press so I'm <laughs> staring at it every day as I screen t-shirts and like I said uh, to plug the YouTube one more time if you watch endless search for tires episode one you'll see that moment
0: you know yeah so no. yeah it's cool <laughs> uh With your car, is it, is it NA for, is it an NA LS7 or what are you running in your S13?
1: Um, so I had in the, in the pro class, I had a turboed LSX. Okay. Um, and then since then I have deleted the turbo, um, which basically, so with Golan engine calling me, um, they said, Hey Nate, we want to help you out with motors. Let's build, you know, a big, bad motor, um, And I said, hey, guys, I'm actually going to tell another uh, endless Search for Tires grassroots season. So the marketplace that I'm walking into, I think a 600 horsepower NA setup would be more relatable to these kids. And then the goal for this package is for them to be able to call you and say, hey, what's up? I want the 144 motor. And you guys built that exact motor for, you know, a kid in the situation that I used to be in, like me and my dad, not being able to afford a bunch of motors. So if you could buy one and it lasts you from a grassroots to Pro-Am to potentially Pro-2, then that's the goal, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was the story and background on why I went A and I actually lost power. Because most people would say, well, why did you lose? You know, why would you give up horsepower? But Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, so the motor itself is it's an LSX block. Um, it's bored out. It's The compression is, like, thirteen three to 1.
0: Oh, it's
1: shit. A, yeah, dude. So it, it, it revs to 7,000 RPMs, a little high strung. Um, so super fun.
0: It sounds like it. Uh, E85, I'm guessing, or race fuel?
1: Um, I'm running VP's X85L. So, yes, it's an ethanol. Gotcha. Yep. Um, so we're being we're being good to the environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I just love the consideration of yeah we're really good for the environment as you see like uh, your car tires is, yeah tires yes. shredding up just yeah high strung V eight just screaming dude exactly it's a bit of a <laughs> it <doesn't laughs> it's make our sense. environmentally conscious decision
1: <laughs> exactly like don't breathe any of this tire smoke sixteen rears to the race yeah <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's funny. Good point. Good point. Um, that's one thing that's continued to worry me. It's like I I try and be an environmentally conscious person, but at the same time, I don't want any of that to touch race cars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm just like, like when we when we go electric, we're all gonna cry. Oh man! I, as much as I love seeing an electric drift car, it's the most uncomfortable <laughs> thing to listen to. I, I think uh, I've ever heard in my life.
1: Dude, uh, I know. Oh,
0: who was it that ran that car last year? Shit.
1: Um, I cannot I can see. His, I can see his face now. Tyler? Napoleon. Yeah. Napoleon Motorsports, right? Yep, yeah, definitely. Yep, I've, the Camaro. Yep, uh, Travis Reader. Oh, it was Reader? Yep, yep, yep. Um, and <laughs> and props to him, you know, for like trying it out and stepping up to that plate. It definitely didn't seem like a an easy task, but. Oh history book shit right
0: there man without a doubt and i love seeing innovation brought to the sport so in no way it, am i saying this in a negative thing of saying oh you're stupid for bringing out a uh, an electric car no it's a really <laughs> cool premise it's a cool idea and it's a possible yeah. you know it's another thing to bring to the sport and all yep. see, i would love to see a hybrid setup uh, right right where if you could have that instant torque to
1: the back wheels at any given time hell yeah uh, dude like first gear second gear you're electric off the off the line and then third you click in a motor sound that'd be sick
0: yeah uh, but just seeing because i getting to watch that at road atlanta and just only you only hear tire squealing you don't hear anything else and it's just like i don't want to watch this anymore
1: <laughs> i know man and like literally my turbo setup was getting very close to that like I was on the rev limiter with that turbo setup. And yeah. It was so quiet. You know what I mean? Like it,
0: it's ridiculous how quiet uh, a turbo LS can actually get to. Uh, I know. I like. I, I've known of a guy out here that had a. It was almost a seven-liter LS3 setup, uh, turboed, making it, you know thousand whatever horsepower. And yeah. Like if the car was just sitting in idle, you couldn't, you could barely hear it. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, even it's when true. you know, if he's full on it, you could hear it pretty well, but like they had side exhaust so it was super short exhaust and everything else and
1: it's, it's still just, quiet.
0: Yeah, it was unreal.
1: Yep, same with my old setup. That's why I also wanted to change it, you know, like we would get feedback from judges that would say like we can't hear what RPM range he's even in. Like is he just is he just going to get some groceries or is he trying to win <laughs> this race? You know what I mean? But
0: why are 2Js so loud with turbos, though? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Someone with some science, answer that one for us. Uh, It's like, okay, we we have this, like, 7.4 liter LS motor with a turbo on it. It sounds like it's going down the highway, and then this 2J is just screaming.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. makes no sense in my brain.
0: Oh, shit. You were in FD for what? You said six or seven years?
1: Yeah, from uh, like 14, 15, 16, 17. So like four four years. Uh, four years. Yeah, like okay. actually pro pro driving, you know? So now
0: before pro, did you go through like a, cause I can't, like how did you get into FD?
1: <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's uh, let's run through this story. So I'll try to hit the chapters here. So uh grassroots or sorry, let me back up. So skateboarder, yep. getting a 240, uh had an SR20. I'm taking a cone, a jack, and two tires to an industrial park. <laughs> it's just it just rained. Me and my friend are gonna go do donuts. So we're doing donuts to the left, and once we could like loop around the cone like four or five times and get dizzy, we'd stop and realize let's loop to the right. So then we did donuts to the right, and then we thought to ourselves well, if we bring two cones, we could do a figure eight. So then we learned <laughs> figure eight. <laughs> and then from there, uh, we realized Aaron and uh, some other local drivers like Stuart Lees and stuff were going out to uh, Lone Star Drift events. So we would go there and literally just spin out every day. Um, and basically, I blew up my motor and I needed to find a fix so I would be able to drive more without keeping these motors like so maintained because I didn't have the budget. So that's when we found our first LS motor, which I had a fabricator come law and Garland, Texas helped me with the car. And then he said, while we're doing the motor, let's put a roll cage in. Then from there, he finished that chassis. We took it out testing and uh, it went really well. And he said, awesome. You need to go to XTC in New Jersey and I need you to go to a competition. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and he was like, you need to go to this competition. So I said, okay. So I went there and that's where I qualified first and I finished fourth. And I realized Damn. I actually do need to do this. And that was when I met Chris Forsberg, Jared DeAnda, Matt Petty, and obviously all the Club Loose OGs there. And so from there, I just, um, you know, I still struggled, right? Like I struggled sure. with the pressure of competition and Uh, my, my big get up was I would spin on my first run and I would qualify first on my second run. So (laughs) it was always, it was always rolling the dice a bit with me until I could actually work on consistency. But from there, man, I just, uh, I just, like I said, I didn't really seek out sponsorships. It's one of the things I try to teach younger kids is like, try to figure out how to do this on your own. And then the sponsors will come because the minute you have to start asking for a bunch of stuff the harder and harder it can be for you. Yeah. So, yeah, like Alex Hankey walked up to me and he sponsored me and I just kind of kept the ball rolling and honestly, um that happened for like probably 4 years, right? Like cuz I've been drifting for 10 plus years. I think I'm on my 11th season now. So, it's been a long journey, but um yeah, like one year at a time, that's how I kind of worked my way up to pro racing and then shit, man. I got a story about that, but that's <laughs> when I stepped into pro racing, that's when things got really difficult, honestly.
0: I don't doubt it. Um, yeah, cause that's, I mean, a huge step up.
1: Yeah. It was like, so the story behind it, one of my more memorable moments, um, which is going to be a big shout out to Achilles tires is I was, um, running XPC and kind of running these grassroots activation stuff. Yeah. And when I, when I went from, XDC to pro because remember there was no pro two at that time. Sure. I was super excited. And I called them and I said, guys, I'm going to go, I'm going to enter in pro one. Like (laughs) this is it. I've done it. And uh, the feedback was congratulations, Nate. Uh, You basically, you know, are going from uh, high school to college. Tires (laughs) are going to (laughs) cost. They're like, tires are going to cost this much money. And I was like, Oh, Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh shit. (laughs) Um, Right. Cause at the moment that, you know, I was on a sponsorship program with tires. So I was like, oh wait, I don't think you guys heard me. Hold on one second. Like I'm going to go pro. And they're like, we heard you, man. We heard you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, You're like, you know, we got Daigo, we got these dudes and like that, those budgets are allocated to these pro athletes. So you're kind of, you know, the, the junior walking in, like you got to earn your way. And so it just was a real reality check uh, for me because at that time, I guess I imagined a firework would go off and (laughs) You know what I mean? Like uh, the the crowd go crazy. The place and- yeah, like it was it was going to be a big party, and then it actually just was the complete opposite, and it turned into you need to hustle to make this happen, and start learning how to structure sponsorships and business, or else this isn't going to last long. And so, yeah, that was my intro into <laughs> Formula <laughs> Drift. Yeah, I,
0: I think that is probably a lot of people that are just getting into the sport or like, you know, I just want to get into FD and things are going to be paid
1: for. And, yeah. you know, yeah. And one, of, and one of the things that, you know, I remember Ryan Sage, uh, kind of teaching me, um, was basically like, you know, for, the formula drift, uh, um, how do I word it? Like, what do we get? We get our, we get our cards. What are those called? Like your hard card or whatever. Yeah. What's that? Whatever. Yeah, your license? There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, your license, right? Like your formula drift license is a way to explain to your sponsors, you know, the TV broadcasting and kind of the like the status of a formula drift program is what you sell, right? Like you're you're supposed to be you're supposed to leverage that to your people. Yeah. So they get more return on their value. You sponsor and so me, kinda, and I get
0: your brand airtime for exactly. a live audience and for television broadcast, basically.
1: Exactly. So I was kind of being raised to take that and leverage it to to ask for more out of you know out of your people. So it it wasn't that Formula Drift pays you to be there. It wasn't that you know the payouts at Formula Drift are so beneficial that you you have that incentive to win? Yeah. It was more of how do you let your people know that you're now on this new higher pedestal and that should, you know, create value for your sponsors. So it was a difficult thing for me to learn, really.
0: I, I can definitely see that. And especially with you not getting into the small business thing until afterwards, exactly. I don't know how much business experience you had, but if you don't have much but If you're going to compete in FD pro one or pro two or whatever, really at this point, you are essentially a business because well, you have money possibly coming in and you have a bunch of money you have to spend.
1: Exactly. And you got to remember, I was still kind of riding high on NOS energy drink and, you know, and Juku racing, believing me and some of my spot, like Inke wheels, like some of my sponsors that I got when I was younger who already kind of believed in me without me knowing how to pitch properly, yeah. uh, what I would return to them. And so, yeah, it was kind of almost like opportunity came quicker than I knew how to deal with it, which, um, you know, me and Alec Conadale, we had a cool down episode out on our YouTube as well. And it was kind of some stuff we talked about there is like being young and kind of having, let's say some family support that helps you out. And then learning the business side as you go for some of us athletes, comes second. And sure. then you notice there, there's some athletes that it comes first. You know, like if you actually look around at the pro class, like let's say two or three years ago, they all either own a business like like Sticky, you know what yeah. I mean? Like um, there's a lot of drivers that are also working super hard at their business to go racing so that was something that i realized i needed and could do also but i just thought of a creative way to do that which was screen printing right
0: yeah and so it seems like the perfect thing to add in there because i can't think of anyone else in fd that's that's running that type of business um
1: that's exactly right. Where, where there's a ton of
0: them, you know, that have their own performance shops, like Matt Field yes. and
1: yep. stuff. Where like and and that's and that's also exactly right, Jeff. And that's where for me it was like I I'm not the best mechanic, right? Like I'm not I, I'm not CNCing parts to put them on our site to like yeah. manufacture like suspension. You're not so, a fabricator. You're not an engineer. No, no, I'm a, a to do Exactly, I'm a skateboarder, creative like kid. You know what I mean. So, I just leaned into that, and it's been going really well. And I I enjoy printing for motorsports community and
0: so when are you also, start sell-
1: selling some skate decks? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> top five in the questions, right? Like top five most asked questions. So I have to get on that, man. I have to get on that. We just
0: need you. To, <laughs> we just need you to podium at an event and bring up a 144.
1: Uh, skateboard. skateboard yep yep Yep. exactly <laughs> that'd be
0: pretty sweet
1: yeah and i did a little collab with uh my boy kale at, at falcon tires at the time so we did we did like do a giveaway and release a deck that was super sick oh so, man remember that did you, did you see any of that
0: i don't think i got to see any of that so now i have to go look it up
1: <laughs> yeah 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 there is a there's my my uh car at the time like on a deck it was real cool it did real well people loved it people still ask if it's available so I need to get on that man I'm still just if you check our website I'm still just uh t-shirts hats some soap from Dream Tank and uh Grip Royal steering wheels so cool
0: that's another funny uh Uh, connection connection with us is i've shot a couple times now for dream tank
1: (laughs) yeah jacob shout out jacob
0: dude jacob is such a good guy and he sent me some of the nate hamilton soap and i was just like that's (laughs) awesome looking (laughs) i love that color split
1: yes yes exactly right it's one of the things when he came to me and we started talking and designing and thinking about things it was like gotta have that gotta have that you know yeah
0: yeah that, that so. turned out really well um oh man yeah he's been he's another person that i got to meet from my one trip out west to shoot drifting
1: uh, me too and jeff that's where i met him man we uh <laughs> we, we i literally just pitted next to him randomly i think next to the team scoundrel dudes or whatever yeah. and like he popped the tent up and we said hi and immediately it was just like damn this dude's like he believes in what he's making oh, you know what i mean and like doubt. when you find people like that i I'm, I'm trying to work with those type of people
0: without a doubt yeah um whenever i was chatting with him it was unreal just how much of a salesman he's you know i almost have like a negative connotation often to salesman, but he's just a guy that's really wanting to make it and loving what he's doing <laughs> Yep. Uh, yep. And he was just hard to not want to hang out with and chat with more. I know, right? Seriously. Um I, like, I want to know your whole story, man. You're just such a cool guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, humbled. humble. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, but that's a that's that's something that I get excited about because he's bringing something into drifting, and I think yep. for everyone listening, like that's the goal. Like if you know what I mean, because there was a point in time where. You could kind of lay opportunity out on the table, and there's like ten options, and then you have fifty people grabbing at it. So, if True. you can bring if you can bring new people and new opportunities to the table, and that's like rad as fuck, man. So for Jacob to come through and like be like, "Yo, hand soap," you know what I mean? Like yeah. mechanic soap. Like who else is you know what I mean? Like who yeah. else is doing that? So, I mean, I'm about it.
0: <laughs> no more Gojo. Got
1: this. No more. Yeah. No more Gojo you have oh. to bleep that out in the post <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I, I just need him to have a dispenser version and I would be set up on buying his stuff
1: yeah for sure um, and that's the hard part too is what I've noticed is my shit lasts so long it's like we gotta get this thing to burn down a bit quicker so people can buy more <laughs> <laughs> just playing just playing
0: oh shit um, yeah so
1: is there anything else that you're hoping about chatting on here today? Nah, man, I'm good. I feel like we've been rambling on. I just uh, appreciate you for having me on, and I'm just hoping I can bring some value to the sport and tell a comeback story and print some shirts for all the athletes listening, and that's why I'm here, man. I'm here to, to bring good vibes.
0: Just so for anyone listening that is – you know, interested in getting your product, what is the best way to uh, reach out to get some custom team apparel?
1: I mean, the, probably the easiest route would be to hop on your email and just type in orders at one, four, four racing. So O R D E R S at one, four, four racing. But also there is like a form submission on our site. So if you go to one, four, four racing.com and click, uh, sorry, click print house and, uh, I think it's something like get started or let's do this or some corny catchphrase I put on the little push buttons there. Sounds perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll kind of guide you into just, uh, Hey, do you want to do embroidery? Do you want to do screen printing? Do you want me to help you design something? And then okay. you can write a little bit, uh, write a little bit of, uh, some details in the subject box there and then hit go. And, uh, me... And my team and my wife we all get to it and we collectively work together to get back to you and uh turn around product super sweet timelines you know
0: and does it matter like for anyone that has like a logo and stuff is it just like a png or vector or what
1: yeah yeah like png vectors ai files i mean honestly kind of rule of thumb is anything other than a JPEG please <laughs> <laughs> very, but very. good news good news good news if you do have just a JPEG and you need me to turn around something like that I have a awesome uh, guy in-house named Kaden who can literally take your scribble off of your piece of paper and turn it into something awesome so that's right um, that's something over the course of the year and a half we've been operating as I've realized there isn't it's not your job to understand The print process. It's kind of our job to take care of you and guide you through that with as with the least amount of friction is what we call it and kind of preach inside of our camp. So when someone does send scribbling ideas on a napkin that they (laughs) were having a beer, you know what I mean? Like you're having a beer over something, you scribble on a napkin, you love it. Like it's our job to turn it into real life. So um, it is all possible. And uh, I even have an illustrator who can literally uh, draw uh, you know, Diamond O'Brien, he can draw stuff that you can kind of just verbally say and we can make it happen. So, yeah, man, we're, we're continually trying to do our best to make that process as smooth as possible. Now, let me say this. You can hop online and you can go to, let's say, Google and type in t-shirt printing and like pretty much get an automated process. But for us, we love the to call you, talk to you, give you care, have yeah. you stop by the shop, like we're trying to keep it the mom and pop vibe um as we grow and uh you know just try to not be an automated system so you guys have a lot more
0: going on than just the order now from china
1: exactly like be prepared for nate hamilton to call you and ask how your order was and be prepared for you to get involved and uh feel that kind of passion behind it right nice so yeah man yeah good vibes it's all cool and i appreciate that shout out right there that's cool oh no problem i I was
0: just thinking about that for (laughs) anyone that was interested in it um yeah just be ready for my convoluted as fuck uh whiteboard of what i want my logo to look like
1: there we go (laughs) uh, let's go
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah I, i greatly appreciate you being on here today man it was an absolute blast getting to chat with you for a little bit
1: yes i appreciate it too thanks for having me jeff um
0: yeah so that is uh it.
1: see you guys at the track soon
0: sounds good dude um